Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, the PS5 is finally shown off. What the most popular program on HBO Max is, and it's excellent to party on, dude, with Bill and Ted. All this and more. As we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source and the Lakers Fast Break and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you get a chance, check out all the awesome stuff that we did this past week. In fact, the past couple weeks on the Lakers fast break. A lot of great stuff there dealing with the NBA transition over to what they're going to do for the rest of the season, plus all the social issues that are going on out there. Some great conversations I had with Michael Weisenberg from the Stepien, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, and Tom Wong from Lakerholics.net. So you got to check that out there. Plus, if you're on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, I want to go ahead and thank everybody for listening to all of our shows because when this drops on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, it will be 500 podcasts on that Pop Culture Cosmos channel. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening to our Pop Culture Cosmos channel on every available major podcast outlet. So I cannot thank you enough for doing so. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He is still awesome. But he's our own sack boy nonetheless of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, including a great anime review he just put up there this week. Plus also as well, his terrific podcast, Topicocalypse, and of course his awesome book, which you got to check out right now by going over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and ordering today. Congratulations, you suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's up? Just, you know, watch the old Sony conference. Excited to talk about that. Absolutely. A lot to talk about there, my friend, no doubt. And there's so much more to talk about, including Bill and Ted. Let's do some air guitar, my friend. That's coming up a little bit later on in the program as well. Plus, what are the most popular shows on HBO Max? We're going to tell you the two most popular shows right now on HBO Max. And is that necessarily a good thing? 
Plus also as well we're going to have Noah Ian Fine from the Hunnic Outcast with his first five in his box art countdown. And then we're going to go ahead and also talk about Arcade 1-Up's new re releases that they have coming on the way. Did their announcements go over well? Was it something that we really wanted to see? Or was it just some other things that were in play when it comes to Arcade 1-Up's announcements on their new arcade machines coming later this year? But first, my friend, we're going to dedicate a lot of time, and I mean a lot of time, to PlayStation 5 with their big reveal and a ton of games that were announced, which to me and you, you and I have talked about this before, when we've seen in announcements past and press conferences in the past at E3 or wherever, that they've focused more on talkie, 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 talkie. And everybody said, we want to see games, 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 games. You got to admit, man, I know you're an Xbox fanboy over PlayStation. I know you have both, but I know you favor Xbox over PlayStation. But you got to admit, before I run off all the titles that they came up with, PlayStation did announce a lot of games on the way. They did, and they do look good. But, I mean, they never gave any release dates. Didn't tell us. You know, when we'd hear more, they didn't say anything about, even with the PlayStation 5, they didn't give us a release date, didn't tell us when we were going to be hearing more about it. Didn't really give us anything except, like, a look and, you know, the, the details they've already released as far as, like, ray tracing and things like that goes. Well, they did give us a look at the, the actual units itself, and they mm -hmm. will be releasing one with and without a Blu-ray disc, which I guess is fine. You know, when I get it, I'm going to go ahead and get the one with the Blu-ray personally because i think that uh, for me it suits more of my needs uh, but there is going to be a all digital version if that suits you which will most likely be less expensive no price was announced which i know was a big bummer for everybody out there it looks like both them and xbox are both high you know they're keeping their cards close to their chest when it comes to the actual price Still, I know Xbox is going to be a little bit more powerful under the hood, but it's interesting to see what the type of jockeying that's going to be done between the two systems as we continue towards, like you said, an unspecified holiday release date, which they said it was going to come this holiday, but they didn't tell us when. And you're right, they also didn't tell us which games are going to come out at the time of launch, and that's still, I'm sure, up in the air. I think that's, it's okay in a way, because if you announce like five or seven games coming out, and one or two get delayed, that kind of defeats the purpose. So I guess that in itself is all right right now, but I know they need to say it soon as far as the exact date and what games are coming out with it. That would be you know, just helpful for the consumers out there. But you're right, a lot of these games are not coming out till 2021, 2022, and beyond. We just got taste of it. So people need to go ahead and keep their excitement in check because a lot of these games are not coming out for quite some time. Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm glad we got to see a lot of those games. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved to know, like, what's being released at launch. I know not even Microsoft has done that yet. But, you know, it would have been nice to know, like, uh, they didn't, they really only said a few games were coming out for, I mean, we're assuming that all these games are coming out for PS5. And they, they are. But, I mean, we're assuming that these are, uh, PS5 exclusives, and uh, I, I really feel like, you know, like I was saying before the show, I feel like probably only like 20% of those games we saw are going to be exclusives because, you know, Resident Evil 8 looks really cool, but it's, they don't have any exclusivity contracts with Sony, so their stuff usually releases on Xbox too. So besides, you know, the new Horizon game and uh, Gran Turismo, I don't, and 
Ratchet and Clank, I'm not really sure like what would be. Those feel like the only three that are probably going to be exclusive to this new console. I agree with you, my friend. There's, there's going to be. I'm, I'm sure there was there was announced that were some that that were going to be exclusive to it, and I just want to give everybody a list of everything that was shown off. Again, you're looking at probably maybe a quarter of these at best, at most, being exclusive to the PlayStation Five or at least having some type of window of exclusivity to the PlayStation 5. So let's keep that in perspective as well. But I'm telling you what, the system itself looks nice. I was kind of seeing the one with the uh, the Blu-ray drive, kind of like, man, why is it sticking out on the side? Then I realized they've got a digital console, which it looks exactly the same except for the, the side pod for the Blu-ray. So it looks like that's what's going to be. They just basically stuck a Blu-ray on the side, and there you go. But... I want to go ahead and announce right now the games that they presented off at the PlayStation 5 event. And they start off with GTA 5. And I think that was the biggest nice thing that they said, but also one of the biggest bummers because the fact that, yes, GTA 5 is coming to PlayStation 5 in the form of GTA 5 online experience free on PS5. That was great and all, but that tells me GTA 6 is not coming for a while. They're not going to announce it for at least 2022 or 2023 and beyond because of the fact that they're getting every single dollar or as much as they can out of GTA 5. And yes, while it's free online, you're talking about all the microtransactions there. So uh, I thought that right. was kind of interesting. Also, they also put a lot, if you looked at that trailer, they put a lot of money, I'm assuming, into trying to make that old game look really good. So yeah. it's... Uh, there, yeah, Grand Theft Auto 6 is nowhere near close to coming out. Yeah, I think that bummed a lot of people out. But the fact is, hey, you know, you're trying to do what you can to get every single cent uh, from that game. Uh, I can't fault them for that at Rockstar because it's still a game that has a lot of life left in it. But I also want to go ahead and something before we go into all the other games, list out another game that I wanted you to go ahead and talk about. And that's Spider-Man Miles Morales hoping this will be a full and complete adventure i think it will be i don't think it'll be or hopefully it won't be something that's going to be created just to be like a spin-off of the original spider-man game that came out not too long ago but i'm hoping this will be its own complete adventure and given the same amount of love that the previous spider-man had i gotta be honest man that, that was the first thing that i was thinking but then i looked at the development time right of uh the last spider-man came out in 2018 uh this one's slated to come out 2020 uh, i feel like this is probably going to end up being like a uncharted lost legacy situation you know we'll have it'll be a complete game but it won't be as lengthy as the spider-man game that came out in 2018 it'll be something that is It'll probably be anywhere from like 8 to 20 hours, but it's not going to be like the complete adventure. I would hope that knowing that, that they would keep, you know, make a lot of add-ons for it because it does, I mean, I, I would love to play as Miles Morales. Like, I think he's a really interesting character, but it just, it feels like there's not enough time between this one and the last one for this to be as big of a game as Spider-Man was. Well, it is going to be something that's interesting to see how that pans out. I hope it is, uh, but you're right. The time frame for the development leaves it in question, so I'm hoping they will give it enough time, or otherwise people are going to be sour on it, and that's that would be terrible for the Miles Morales character because he d is deserving of quite a bit more. 
Well, here's the thing with that, too. I mean, I, I honestly, if they were to say, hey, we're pushing this game back to, you know, July of 2021, I'm sure people would be okay with that. I mean, it's not, it is, he is a character that deserves to have, you know, a great game made around him. And I'm sure people wouldn't mind if they needed to take more time. I think making this game come out in 2020 was kind of jumping the gun a little bit. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Let me go right now and run off the list for you. It's going to be a big list indeed. So that's the thing I I liked about most about this presentation was, no, we didn't get a price. We did get a look at the PlayStation 5. But we sure did get a look at a lot of games that are on the way for the next generation. Are any of these games going to be leaps and bounds above what the predecessors were? Or at least the tail end of what the preceding generation of games are? I'm not sure right now. I mean, they looked good. They didn't look jaw-dropping by any stature. But still, I want to go ahead and take a look at what was presented. Which, like I said, was GTA V Enhanced, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Gran Turismo 7, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Project Athea from Square Enix, Stray from Annapurna, Returnal. I like the hook on this one, but another game that comes up also used that hook too, so kind of like lessened uh, the announcement. Sackboy, A Big Adventure, Destruction All-Stars, Kena Bridge of Spirits, Goodbye Volcano High, Oddworld Soulstorm, Ghostwire Tokyo, Jet the Far Shore, Godfall, Solar Ash, Hitman 3, which is supposed to be the finality of the trilogy for Agent 47, Little Devil Inside, a new look at NBA 2K21, Bug Snacks, which you thought was kind of clever and kind of weird and kind of different and kind of out there, Demon Souls, the remake. Uh, we also got word of a 13 remake, which is really getting me excited, and that's coming out later this year. Death Loop. Resident Evil 8 Village, Pragmata, which is a new game from Capcom, and I give them props for bringing out a new IP, similar to what we're seeing from Square Enix. Horizon 2 Forbidden West, which I know is is getting a lot of people very excited because that's a sequel to a very popular game at the tail end of this generation. And then, like I said, it goes into the PlayStation 5 designs, and and that's how they uh, capped it off. So, my friend, you saw the list there. Again, it's a big list of games that they've shown off that are coming in development for the next generation. Your overall impressions of what you saw. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for a lot of this stuff. You know, like I said, I, I, am, I do have plans on, you know, getting one at some point. You know, looking at the games list, there were things that I am excited about and things that I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm sure there's an audience out there for that, but it's not me. Deathloop was one... You know, I heard that Bethesda had been working on something or, you know, they had some a big title coming out. And I guess this is one of them. But yeah, uh, it's actually from Arcane Studios. So it looks yeah. very much like Dishonored. And it also is the other game like uh, what I was saying about Returnal, where it has that time loop type feature where you go back in time if you die. Or it was kind of like Returnal. I was like really digging what they were doing. And then Deathloop came out and essentially in many ways does the same thing it sounds really interesting though i mean i'm I'm looking at the world that this is created and it has like a 
it does feel like Dishonored. Yes, it feels very much like Dishonored, but it has a Bioshock vibe to it. Like, like the it's a world gone mad, and just like listening to the story, right? This guy is trying to escape this loop because he just dies over and over and over and over. And then you have the one lady who's you you know you get that that uh quick uh quip in the trailer where she goes i don't like to watch you die i like to kill you and like it's just it sounds like a really interesting world but here's my fear that it's going to come out and it's not going to be like this on it's going to be like brink right remember everyone was super stoked about brink because that the trailers looked awesome looked like a fantastic game and then it just ended up not being good so that's my fear with this one so i'm really afraid to like get really stoked about this i do want to play it but I'm afraid to like say like yes, I'm gonna go pre-order that game right now because I'm afraid it's gonna end up like Brink. That's kind of the reputation Bethesda has. It's either really good or it's just bad. Fallout 76, anyone? Exactly. Do you have any desires to play it, or is it just something you're like, eh, it's it's on your radar? It's on my radar. It looks good, but again, I thought of the two time loop games for me, it was close. But I liked Return a little bit more. But both are games that I could definitely see myself playing. Project Athia, I like it. It looks really cool. It's visually, it's a very beautiful looking game. And I am eager to, to learn more about it. You know, it's like Square Enix is kind of in the same vein as Bethesda. You know, when they make games outside of their big series, it's a hit or a miss. But this game actually looks, if this is the first game that Square is doing for the PS5, I'm sure there's been a lot of thought and effort put into it. So I'm really excited to see what this game ends up being i'm intrigued by the main character and just you know seeing that trailer look pretty cool what are your thoughts on that looks pretty good we have to see more Uh, on a lot of these games i'd like to see more i am happy that some of them actually shown off gameplay but again we get into the nasty habit of them showing too much of the cutscenes or the in-game world or the in-game engine and not showing its actual gameplay but i do give credit to the developers out there that during this process did show off some of the potential PlayStation 5 gameplay. Yeah, speaking of gameplay, it's funny that, yeah, IO Interactive, we're like, hey, we're going to be, we're pleased to show you this uh, Hitman gameplay footage, and it just showed a couple little clips, like, here you are squatting, here you are climbing, here you are walking. Like, it's just, it, they didn't really show us anything. They just showed, like, Agent 47 doing things. That kind of was a bummer, but that game's supposed to be coming out early 2021, so it's nearer completion than people might think. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm actually really stoked that they that IO Interactive survived that whole fallout with Square, where they you know Square bought them and then they pay financed Hitman 2, and that ended up not uh, doing what they thought it was going to do, and they kind of. Uh, let go of io interactive but they also let them keep the hitman franchise so i'm really glad that that worked out that way and i yeah i do want to play this new hitman game what are your initial thoughts on godfall impressive but you know it's to the point where i need to see more i need to see a lot more from that game do you think that it's it's because this is this is made by gearbox so do you think that it's a borderlands with melee weapons it could be. I mean, it seemed to have that type of feel, but I want to see more. I truly want to see more on that one before I make a final decision on Godfall. I mean, is it something that's going to end up being part of the full, complete arsenal for Gearbox? Or is it going to be one of the games that they've had in the past where they just didn't put enough into it and they kicked it to the curb? Like Bulletstorm? Exactly. Yeah, Godfall looks cool. 
Let's talk about Gran Turismo 7. Do you think that it's going to be able to dethrone Forza as the king of racing games? Well, you know, when a new system ever comes out, guess what they always introduce with the new system? A racing game. Because racing games always show off the best when it comes to a new system or a new generation. Uh, it's, it's regardless. It all depends on the gameplay and it all depends on the competitive nature of the game. I mean, it depends which Gran Turismo are going to get. Are you going to get the Gran Turismos of yesteryear that were really just uh, beloved by so many millions of fans? Or are you going to get the games that came out that were just very disappointing uh, as far as being okay, but nothing great, nothing special? So if Gran Turismo 7, we have to see something better, something more realized. I don't know if it can surpass Forza, but it has a good chance because Forza is at the point where it's beginning to start resting on its laurels. Well, there was a lot of great games that were there. I know there's uh, a little bit more that you want to talk about before we do with some final thoughts on the PlayStation 5 reveal. And was there anything that you felt was missing from there as far as any title that you were looking to hope to see on the PlayStation 5 reveal? I have a couple of things. I was hoping for a Final Fantasy numbered entry, not like Final Fantasy 7 remake, because I know it's probably you know a ways off, but like Final Fantasy 16. What, 15 came out in 2016, 2017, and like we haven't heard anything since. And they, they, you know, we, they, they have been pouring effort into the Final Fantasy 7 remake, and that's really cool, but we have, where's the series going? Like that's something that has not been discussed in a long time. So I was hoping to see something maybe about that from Square, because I figured Sony would be a good place to do something like that, just because of their history with Sony. And also I was hoping just for like a little glimpse of the next god of war you know maybe have uh, a trailer where there's just like footsteps and all of a sudden you see kratos and atreyu approach a, a cliff and like look out into the horizon just to kind of get that uh get that buzz going you know for me it would have been the order 1886 a sequel to that i think the game itself was much maligned for the gameplay but the game itself looked better than any game that had come out at that time that was so beautiful to look at and the story, I thought, was rich enough where it could have dealt into more aspects of that world. So, and plus it's also a area of the, the time that doesn't get delved much into video games. So I'm hoping that they'll go ahead and still greenlight a sequel for that game. Uh, plus, of course, Uncharted. I mean, but again... I don't think they want to go ahead and announce Uncharted because they've got The Last of Us coming right now. They need to focus on that, which is coming out, what, in two weeks. So let's focus on The Last of Us 2, and then we can maybe go ahead and work on an Uncharted 5 down the road for PlayStation. So I'm okay with them not announcing an Uncharted this time. I know that sounds crazy because I'm one of the biggest fans, but you know, with all the stuff that went on with the controversies with The Last of Us 2, I think it's best that they did not announce an Uncharted this time, because it would have taken away from, from The Last of Us 2. Yeah, and they also had, uh, Naughty Dog also had Ratchet and Clank there. I'm sure that's, it's, they're thinking about a new Uncharted game, but they're, you know, with, with Last of Us coming out and Ratchet and Clank, and I'm sure they've kind of had their, their hands full, but I, I, before I'm, I'm predicting before 2021 is over, we will hear something about a new Uncharted game. They can't leave that IP alone. I, I guarantee you they can't do it. Well, um, also the but, movie coming out as well. So I'm assuming 
that they will probably go ahead and announce something in correlation at some point in time, whether it's the actual release of the film or the release to it on home video, that they might co coincide something with that. Right, right. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I, I hope so. I, I really like that franchise. But going back to what you're saying, you're talking about the order, um, you know, and kind of that game takes place in the Victorian era and stuff. Or, yeah, it's got a Victorian vibe to it. What do you think about the Resident Evil 8 trailer? Because that looks very Victorian. It looks very like it has that Transylvania vibe to it. And it has like that Victorian architecture and stuff like that. Like it, Chris Redfield comes in. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And it's like it's they kind of turn the series on its head because it looks like we're not dealing with just zombies. Like we're de dealing with werewolves now. Like these these new uh, – it feels very um, draconian, if that makes sense. Like it's – it feels new. It feels new, you know, and that's something you haven't been able to say about a Resident Evil game in a long time. Absolutely agree with you on that one. I think of, of all the games, it's up there, uh, top three, top five, as far as reveals of this PlayStation 5 reveal event that I think impressed a lot of people out there. I'm seeing already the social media out there that are really excited for Resident Evil 8 Village, and I'm looking forward to it as well. It looks something that it's a nice change of pace from what we're seeing and how you can extend the Resident Evil franchise, which has gotten such great buzz within the past year because of the remakes that Resident Evil and Capcom have done. So kudos for Capcom. I know we've bashed on them before, and we'll, I'm sure we'll bash on them again at some point. But you know what? The direction that they're taking the Resident Evil games with the great remakes that they've done which they've spent a lot of time and care into and now where they're going with resident evil 8 village uh, it's a good direction i think they're going into yeah i'm i th this is going to be the game that gets me back to resident evil you know it's, i haven't played i obviously you know i played sec the second one i want to play the third remake but i haven't played a mainline game uh, since five so i mean or, or you know one of the uh non-remade mainline games Sorry if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it, this could be the game that gets me back into Resident Evil. So I'm hoping yeah, it looks good. I do want to play it. So any last thoughts, my friend, on the actual system itself? Because they closed with a more detailed look. And yes, earlier in the PlayStation 5 reveal, they did show off the controller, which has got haptic feedback. It's got the mic port, you know, some little different design things that are going on in it. But the actual system itself, which again, can come with or without a Blu-ray player, your last thoughts on the PlayStation 5 itself, the design, the look of it, was it something that impressed you or is it something that, you know, it's going to be sticking out like an eyesore? You know, that's, it's interesting because this is, well, I think what people always loved about the PlayStations was that you can turn them on their side and slide them into the slots on your entertainment center. It looks like it's smushed in in the middle, you know, like something that's got like a rubber band wrapped around it. So it's, I don't think it, it's going to have to be a tower. I think they're trying to make it look like a computer tower. And, you know, that's the whole point. The, the digital edition basically is a PC tower. I think it's cool that they're doing a digital edition and a disc-based version. I would, you know, like you said before, uh, you would get the disc-based version. I would also get the disc-based version because I am still, like, I am a firm believer in still purchasing physical media. I know a lot of people, probably about 85% of the people I know who are gamers do, they download games. They don't buy physical things anymore. So I think that if Sony were to do some type of, like, Games Pass system, you know, outside of PlayStation Now, where you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for it, I think having a digital console could be a great idea for them. 
Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, it was very interesting to see the design. You're right. Like you said, it was different, but, you know, you got your choice, a PlayStation 5 that wants to look like a computer tower and the Xbox Series X that wants to look like a subwoofer. So you tell me. <laughs> it does look like a subwoofer. It looks I mean, like I've got a subwoofer at home that looks exactly like the Xbox Series what are, X. What are those, like, Bluetooth speakers that people put out on, like, their picnic tables and stuff that you can buy from from Fry's or Best Buy or something? It's just a the little cute, you know, that that's what the Xbox reminds me of. Well, a lot of great things going on in the world of video games, and the PlayStation 5 was revealed. No price yet. And no exact street date yet for the PlayStation 5, but that will be coming up in the months ahead. If you want to check out all the news on all the articles on all the games that were announced, just check it out today on our Game Source Facebook page. We truly would thank you if you do. And like I said, it's just right there for you, listed out there, all the games that were announced today at the PlayStation 5 event. But I want to hear your thoughts out there on this new PlayStation 5 did you like what you saw as far as the system itself or the games that were announced for it? Are you really excited for this next generation of video games? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, when we come back, Noah Ian Fine, he's going to be talking about five of his video games that he thought is most influential in his life. And then right after that, we're going to be talking about what's popular on HBO Max, Arcade 1-Up, and of course, we're going to have something that's really excellent coming up in Bill and Ted. This is the PCC Multiverse. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here with the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to thank so much, everyone, for listening, as always, and I appreciate everyone checking us out on our YouTube channel, Pop Culture Cosmos. And we've been talking about this for a while now. The games that have most influenced him, in fact, it emanates from the, well, let's say the chain letter that you see all the time on social media, that you see all the time with, okay, show 10 things from your family, show 10 things of this. One of the things that came up recently, which I utilize as well, and I actually talked about it last month on the show, was 10 box arts from video games that meant the most to you as a gamer in your life. So... I brought him on today to talk about that, so I'm going to give him the floor. Again, it's a good man to be. He's actually hosted this show last week. He's our good friend, Noe and Fine from the Hunnic Outcast. If you want to know more about pop culture, a great place to go is the Hunnic Outcast. It is Noah Ian Fine. And Noah, thanks for coming back on. You can't shake me. No, and you know, with COVID and everything, this was an interesting chain letter. This actually started through my friend Edward. And... I thought it was me. I thought it was me oh, that wait, asked you? you. Yes, it was me oh, that was asked you. Because you got to nominate. Yes, right. You got to nominate a person each day. Oh, I need fair. the credit, man. I need the credit. Pat myself on the back. Oh, yeah. He had nominated me for something else. That's right. You did nominate me for this. Yeah, there's the one that going around with the toys. Your yeah, the toy. toys. That's, 
There's the one that's going around with family photos. Right, right. Going around with you, you know, how tremendous my life is, yada, 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 and all that. This one was about video game box art. So yes. I want to ask you, my friend, 10 video game box arts that really influenced you as a gamer. The floor is now yours. I will probably go ahead and interrupt you at 5 so we can talk a little bit about that a little more and then have you move on from there. But I'm going to go ahead and hear your first five as far as video games that have really influenced you and the box arts behind them. This was a tough one because normally I love my top tens, but I, you know, my number one I thought would be cemented, but every time I come across something else. And there's a reason, method to my madness with this one. And this got changed around a lot. That's why this kind of got um, pushed back for a while because there are so many games and I could just pick the ones that everybody knows, but these were games I wanted, and these actually kind of changed the wheel when it came time. Let's be honest and fair. Uh, if it weren't for Space Invaders, or we wouldn't have shooters. If it weren't for Super Mario Brothers, we wouldn't have all these other knockoffs, like different versions of Bugs Bunny and Tiny Toons. And if it weren't for Frogger, we probably wouldn't have Freeway. You know, you get the idea. But these are games that I just looked at the box art and said want, and I play these games more times than anybody else did. I mean, I love Mass Effect to a you know, and Grand Theft Auto, but there's just something about these games that people don't talk about too much and really need to remaster, and it goes just by the box art alone. I mean, Mass Effect, you know, would shut up and take my money. Grand Theft Auto shut up and take my money. But these were games that you look at the art and you got to ask yourself what was so interesting and unique about them and was the game worth it to match the box art? Thankfully, the answer was yes. So when you asked me, because they had asked me for something else, this one, Oink, for Atari 2600. This is number 10. This is a game that if you look at the art, it's the three little pigs. And in the 80s, that story made a huge comeback. I, I would watch it in kindergarten. I would go to Brooklyn, or, or I'm sorry, Greenwich Village, to see a children's play where we got to interact. You, you, and there was even this really bizarre commercial for the game. It's pretty much where you can play as either the Big Bad Wolf or the Pigs, and it's loosely based on the game Breakout, in which you have a ball that has to break through bricks to get to the other side and gain points. And with this version, you can either play the Big Bad Wolf or the Pigs, and if you're the wolf, you can blow away the bricks and go and get one of the pigs. But if you want to play as the pigs, you actually have to replace each brick that the wolf is blowing. And he uses his laser breath, because when he's using his breath, it's kind of like a laser that wipes away the bricks. And if he gets to a pattern, he just comes into the house and grabs you, and that's pretty much it. And then he'll go to the next house. You know, the the wood is brown, the straw is yellow, and the brick is red, because it's a 2600. But it was definitely one of the more addictive games, because Breakout was great to a point, as I explained, but there was something different with with Oink, because you either got to play the good guy or the bad guy, so it kind of changed things around a little, really got you on your toes a lot more. For number nine, Gremlins, but Gremlins for the Atari 5200, and it was also for the Commodore 64. The boxer in this one was really, really messed with your head. It, it was a lot more disturbing than the Atari 2600 version. 
it was more cutesy poop, but the 5200 was very nightmare-induced. It was pretty much gizmo shaking, and in the background you see a silhouette of one of the gremlins as it was coming out of the cocoon, and like lightning was striking in the background. Game itself, you were Billy Peltzer, you had the sword, as you did in the movie, for that one scene, and pretty much what you had to do was there was a built-in timer in the game. It was midnight, and you had to grab these Malkwise and put them in a playpen before the sun came out. And there were you were like in the square type of setting, and on four corners there would be water where they would multiply. There would be candy if they wanted to eat and turn to gremlins, and you would pretty much have to save the Malkwise from being you know turned to dust when the sun came up or if a gremlin touched you. You were dead. That was pretty much it. But it was a very addictive gameplay, and I think it was just inf uh, influential because this was one of these um, timer games where, again, you did not see the timer on top. You, you would kind of see when, when, when it was going really fast. So the point is that there was a built-in program timer in the game. So really, again, it kept you on your toes a lot more. So you really didn't have time to pay attention to the sun coming up while you're trying to save Magwise. Gremlins would go into the playpen. They would they would rescue the gremlins and try to give them candy to turn them into more gremlins. So it was definitely one of those you can't just sit still for two minutes type of games. So that was that. Eight, I talked about a lot when I was doing um, back in March for all these uh, COVID, like what games you want to dust off. Ninja Golf for the Atari 7800, my number eight pick. Box art alone, it's a ninja with a golf club on the box. And this may not be a big deal, but in the 80s, ninjas were making a comeback. We had those American Ninja series. And we also, I know Chuck Norris technically is not a ninja, but he does have them skills, so people kind of... Like the mistake, I, I think it's also good the, uh, of the stars, but ninjas were making a comeback in the 80s. Again, as I discussed with the American Ninja, in that Transformers episode, you had that Nightbird episode versus Optimus Prime. There was a petition to have Nightbird be made into an action figure, and there were a couple of Atari games in, in 2600, 5200. Kung Fu, no, it's not a ninja game, of course, but. This was a game where you're a ninja playing golf. And not only are you playing golf, but you're, but you're also fighting off other ninjas while you're playing golf. Or you're fighting off crocodiles during the water hazards. So you're all playing golf, but it's an action sports game in one. So it's... for the 70, I, I really wish they were to remaster this game, but it was definitely worth your time. Seven... I'm going to go to the Game Boy right now. This one is called Spud's Adventure for the Game Boy. Now, this was a great game because if you look at the box art, it's a anamorphic potato just looking out at a faraway kingdom. And I think what I appreciate about this, again, is that late 80s, 90s, Mr. Potato Head never really went away. They would keep reinventing Mr. Potato Head for a very long time. They made a cartoon out of him in the 80s. If there's anything new to pop culture today, as you know, there's the Iron Man Mr. Potato and the Indiana Jones Mr. Potato Head. 
but in the 80s and 90s, they kept trying, especially when Toy Story came out, they kept trying to reinvent this character. I guess for licensing issues, they couldn't give me a game, but they gave the Spuds potato game. It's pretty much like a Mario clone where you run and jump, but you're a potato. It's for a Game Boy game, it's not terrible, but the box art, I think, is a little bit more memorable than the gameplay and the control, but. It, 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 it's a nice little knockoff, I suppose. Six, this is the reason why I wanted to get the GameCube. Luigi's Mansion. If you look at the box art on this one, it's Luigi kind of remnant of Macaulay Coughlin from Home Alone. And in the background, you have these neon ghosts. I love the box art for this one because this one was giving Luigi not only his own game since the Mario was missing game that was that abysmal edutainment game but this was a launch title now usually mario is part of the launch title he was the launch title for nintendo and he was the launch title for game boy and he was the launch title for super nintendo and you figure oh and, and nintendo 64 this was the first time that luigi was going to be the launch title which was weird but when i looked at that cover and I just saw him screaming and running from ghosts. I had to get this game and see what it was all about. And yeah, this is another great action adventure platformer. Uh, there's some sequels I haven't played yet, but alone uh, by itself, this is definitely one of these games you just look at it. You, you kind of know that it's not going to be your typical rescue of the princess. You're actually Mario's brother rescuing Mario after he's been captured by the booze from the Super Nintendo game. Definitely, and, and and the the like I said, the box art alone was definitely cute because it did. As I said before, it, it just reminded me a lot of Home Alone, so it, it was definitely worth your time. Well, that's a lot of great thoughts already uh, from quite a few that you've got. I know you got some more that you want to talk about, and once again, I'm speaking to Noe and Fine from the Hanukkah Cast. And he's talking today about some of the games that have influenced him based off the box art challenge I posed to him on social media. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been great reminiscing with you on some of the most influential games of your gaming career and life as far as box arts from that standard. So, well, all right, my friend, we'll go ahead and talk about that sometime down the road. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today on all the great stuff that's going on in pop culture in your life. And I'd love to hear more stuff from you. We're going to have you on as a regular part of our show, so we just cannot thank you enough for doing that. And as always, my friend, I'm just so thankful to have you part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Hey listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. 
If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. I want to thank so much Noe and Fine for appearing on the show today. My friend, Bill and Ted's Face the Music is coming out very soon. A trailer dropped this week, and I had everybody excited. So I want to hear your thoughts, man, on Bill and Ted's Face the Music. No, it looks good. I'm I'm excited. It's It looks funny. I love the part where they get out, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen the trailer, but they travel through time, and they see their, their future selves in prison, and they're all, they're all buff. Yeah, that was too funny. That was too funny. <laughs> It, the one thing that threw me off about this is that, like, this is a character I feel like Keanu Reeves had to regress backwards to get into this character. And I'm, like, curious if this is kind of a a step forward for him or if it's doing a disservice to him. But I'm glad that he's back in this role because I've always enjoyed those movies. And uh, I, I'm hopeful that people will go back and watch the other ones and then go back and watch this one just to kind of get that complete story. I just don't want it to be like Blade Runner 2049, right, where people are like, oh, the old ones came out, what, 20 years ago? So I just feel no need to watch this because this does look like a really cool movie. Well, don't get me started on Blade Runner 2049 because they are missing out on one of the best films of the past decade in Blade Runner 2049. You and I have spoke about it many times. And we're going to be speaking about it again in the not-too-distant future. I'll just leave it at that. But with Bill and Ted's Face the Music, you've got something that's got a lot of people going. I mean, the reaction on the Internet out there was just truly remarkable. People were really excited. It was trending quite a bit on Twitter. The number of views were really exciting. Not at Marvel level, mind you, but still a lot of people were checking out. They were calling it Bill and Ted Day and all that. So... A lot of people are excited for it, my friend. I know I am, and I know you are too. We're looking forward to Bill and Ted Face the Music coming up. Right now, it's later this year, so I'm looking forward to it, my friend. I know you are as well. And You know what? Whether or not you are going to go back and check out the last one, I hope you do, at least the first one. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was not exactly the best adventure. I would just say that. But it had its moments. You know, much like a lot of the comedies from that era, it had its moments. It wasn't all great, but it it definitely had some laughable parts in there. I guess so. Uh, you know, there was a little bit when they were playing with death that I think was probably the best parts about it. So we'll just go ahead and, and leave it at that. But I will say this. If you get a chance, check out the original one for sure and that's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure you'll be glad you did at least gets you up to speed with what's going on with Bill and Ted Face the Music hopefully you'll get a chance to check that out and if you need a link to the trailer just go ahead and check out our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page any last thoughts on Bill and Ted? Uh, no I mean I, I'm still processing the trailer hopefully we'll see more footage When's, is that slated to come out this year? it's keeping its August release date as of now so let me check on that yeah Bill and Ted face the music. It's keeping its August release date as of now. So, well, yes. good, good. Yeah, I mean, uh, it this sounds like it. This actually feels like a good time to release a Bill and Ted movie. So I, I'm hoping that they keep that release date. But yeah, I'm excited. As am I, my friend. As am I. 
What do you think out there is going to go on with Bill and Ted Face the Music when it comes out as scheduled right now, later this year in August? Who knows? I don't think that's a movie that's going to be put directly onto digital, but we'll have to wait and see whatever happens with Bill and Ted Face the Music. But we want to hear your thoughts. Is this a movie that you're going to be excited to go see? Is this movie that's going to be excellent? Party on! Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Couple more items before we head on out, my friend. Want to go ahead and get everyone updated on another video game platform that made some announcements this past week, and that was Arcade 1UP. Arcade 1UP announced four new machines on the way this holiday, and I wanted to go ahead and give you a rundown. A Miss Pac-Man machine with Galaxian, Pac-Mania, and Pac-Man Plus. A Big Buck Hunter Pro device with two guns, two rifles, with Big Buck World, Big Buck Hunter, Open Season, and Big Buck Safari Outback. X-Men vs. Street Fighter, and that'll come with X-Men Children of the Atom, X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, and Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes. And last but not least, they finally debuted their pinball game, and that was in development, and I got a chance to see this past CES. That's their work with Zen Studios. They're, they're doing this in conjunction with Zen Studios. So Marvel Pinball will be on the way from Arcade 1UP. I think the fans' overall reactions were kind of disappointing because these are all properties outside of Big Buck Hunter that they have already. Big Buck Hunter, which you know I know goes to a small demographic that's, that always buys the Capella games and the Big Buck games and all that. I'm kind of disappointed. I know a lot of other people are disappointed as well. As no real new cabinets that are really exciting the Arcade 1UP community. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was reading the articles on it. Like, these are all properties that they, they've already done before. Like, and, and a lot of them are done on, you know, the cabinets that have multiple games on them. So what is going to make me go out and buy them? You know, what's going to make me go out and buy the Pat the Miss Pac-Man one? What's going to make me go out and buy the Street Fighter one? Like, it's just, it all... It feels very repetitive. I am kind of interested in the pinball machines. Are they going to be full size pinball machines, or are it, they? It's kind uh, of three. Qu- it's three quarter. As as yeah, so it's three quarter. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I am interested in those. Do you know what the price point will be on them? I'm assuming they're going to stay in line with what they've been doing in the past, and that's three to five hundred dollars is what they usually do. They usually start off with a retail price of three ninety nine for some units, some four ninety nine, depending on either the popularity of it or the sheer size if it's different like for instance the Star Wars cabinet came out at 499 whereas some of the other cabinets came out at 399 so it's going to be different to see how that lays out I was kind of just disappointed to see that there was no variety I mean that's great that they had the Miss Pac-Man and the, and the series of Pac-Man games with it but release that with some other new IPs that you were going to get I know a lot of people wanted the WWE games from the past. I know a lot of people were talking about NFL Blitz. I know a lot of other people were talking about OutRun. There were a lot of variations of IPs that are out there that I think that Arcade 1UP hopefully will get sometime down the road. I did speak to the people there at Arcade 1UP at CES, and a lot of it's licensing, and a lot of it's contracts and weeding through that. So I know with a lot of these older games, some of these publishers have closed down, so it's really a lot harder to get a hold of this, these licenses. Some of these others are just unwilling to budge and whatnot. I know a lot of people are like wanting Nintendo to go the way of Arcade 1UP, but dealing with Nintendo I know it can be tough. 
when you're talking about the future of where Arcade 1-Up is going to go, because they're really hot right now in the middle of this pandemic and a lot of people are buying Arcade 1-Ups, you want to see that momentum going with a variety of games, uh, not just reliant on the existing properties that you have. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, people do collect these arcade one-ups, and I, I imagine that they don't want to spend another three or four hundred dollars just to be able to play the same thing again. So, uh, I, I would be hopeful, you know, and because it, it, it's weird because with the arcade one-up, you, you're paying four hundred dollars for you know four or five hundred for something like the Star Wars game, but that's really one hundred dollars away from the at games one that actually has what over 300 games on there so i mean what's to stop you from going out and buying a full-size cabinet at that price point or trying to mod it and put in a raspberry pi and download main games and stuff like that and get five six thousand games your own on it and modify it which a lot of people do already as well so that's something that a lot of people are talking about anyways but they just like to feel these arcade one-ups. I mean, people like to feel like the the one right behind me with the final fight. You like the feel. You like the authentic stickers, the attention to detail. You like it looking like the games you remember from the arcade. So I know there's a lot of people out there that want to go ahead and buy more arcade one-ups. It just would be great if they could get the licensing clearance to go ahead and present some real IPs that a lot of people would be after. You can't ever quite recapture that feeling of playing games in an actual arcade, you know, and it, it's that's something that I know you were in that era, but like I do have fond memories of going to like a Pizza Hut and or, you know, and there there's still some pizza places around that have Galaga and Street Fighter and Virtue Fighter and stuff like that. But I mean, like that feeling of walking into a place, having pizza, hearing the arcade sounds in the background, like it's hard to really recapture that. And I think a lot of people, that's what they want. They don't want to have an arcade where they're playing Halo on it or something like that. The arcade market is all about nostalgia. And like, I think that's amazing. Like I, I would love to relive those moments, but yeah, they need to give people the things that they want to play that they can't play already. Absolutely agree with you on that. So I'm hopeful that Arcade 1UP will make announcements later this year or early next year at CES with some new titles that will be able to go ahead and draw on from different IPs that they haven't shown off before that a lot of people will be or have been looking for in the Arcade 1UP community. So that's what we're hoping for. This current series, I know it'll sell okay. A lot of people like Marvel. A lot of people love the new Miss Pac-Man. And this is something that they've, they've always talked about doing. Uh, or at least it's something that a lot of people have asked them to go ahead and do. So I know some of these are wanted machines. I just don't know if they're the machines that a lot of people, as far as a majority base of fans that already have a collection of these already, wanted to go ahead in that same direction. Because it gets a little bit repetitive. gets a little bit of samey. And for a lot of these people, they may want to go ahead and have different games from different generations. But again, it all comes down to licensing agreements, how fast and how much they cost that you can get them. What are your thoughts out there on Arcade 1UP's announcements on the four new machines coming this holiday to retail outlets? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and thank you so much again for being a part of this. It's just been so great. We've had another week of downloads for all the stuff that we've been going ahead and putting out there on the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
Plus, check out our popculturecosmos.com page that's out there, our website, because Josh has just finished a review which you need to check out on a certain anime property. Josh, can you talk a little bit more about it before we head on out? Yeah, I've been going, uh, you know, as a way to kind of like break up the depression of what you're seeing in the news. I've been going back and watching old anime series. I have an Outlaw Star review coming out a bit later. But yeah, I reviewed the first episode of Big O. We'll get more up as we go along here. But yeah, check it out. It's up now. It's live. Share it. Let me know what you think. And then also as well, we're doing more of the countdown that's appearing there. If you Hopefully you'll check out our back episodes with our countdown of the top 100 ish movie countdown for pop culture cosmos we're also doing written countdowns available on our popculturecosmos.com website so check out out there and then of course you can check out back episodes where we're in the 60s right here at the pop culture cosmos on every available podcast outlet so my friend before we head on out wanted to go ahead and give you the the music news with HBO Max, that's out. A lot of people are talking about it, and that's good. It's out there. It's buzzy. It's what people are talking about. I know a lot of people are upset. They're, they're already taking away some of the DC movies that are on there. Took off Gone with the Wind, which I know a lot of people were both happy and not so happy about. But guess what are the two most popular shows on that network? Guess what the two most popular shows are? Looney Tunes and... What's the other one? Elmo. So Looney Tunes, oh. by far and away, is the most talked about and most watched show on that network. And Elmo, with this kind of not-so-late-night talk show, is also number two behind it. So it's interesting to see that of all the properties, Game of Thrones and The Sopranos and all that stuff that's on there, that Elmo, the new Looney Tunes, that which Elmer Fudd does not have a rifle on, are now the most popular entities right now on HBO Max. That's to me that's kind of funny. That that speaks volumes for what people are looking at on HBO Max and maybe that's not a good sign for the channel as a whole on the, on its startup. I don't know what it signifies, but you know, they do have Doom Patrol coming out on HBO Max. A lot of the uh Warner Brothers, the DC streaming service shows are on HBO Max. It just I guess people are bummed out about the big superhero movies leaving but you know i'm sure that with the snyder cut those subscriptions will come back honestly man there's not really a lot to lose from having an hbo max subscription because you're getting all this extra content but you're also getting mainline hbo stuff so i don't know like what the complaints are but i think that it's something that i very much would like to invest in well there you go new looney tunes adventures again without emmer fudd having his rifle because that's been taken out but also you have Elmo and his not-so-late-night talk show heading up the streaming service HBO Max. They've still got a lot of great content, like you said, there coming in the Doom Patrol Season 2. That trailer dropped recently, so you got to check that out. That's accessible on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, so hopefully you get a chance to check that out. But yeah, it's interesting to see what the tastes are when it comes to HBO Max. And going forward, will it be known more for a younger side similar to what we're seeing for Disney Plus or for its adult or for its more adult-oriented content or anything else of that nature. So it's interesting to see what the future of HBO Max holds as they get more and more content there, the Snyder Cut, the Friends Reunion, the whole nine yards. So we're going to keep an eye on HBO Max 
and hopefully a lot of you others as well, because it, it looks to be right now at least getting off to a decent start, which would tickle me Elmo and Looney Tunes. What are your thoughts out there on Looney Tunes and Elmo being the top two shows right now on HBO Max? Share your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Josh, been a great episode. Any last thoughts on the way out? I mean, I'm sure I'll have more on the whole PlayStation thing once I have time to digest everything I saw, but I think we're, we're good today. Uh, there's going to be a lot of great stuff going on this weekend. Hopefully there will be a lot more to talk about, and you know we will be talking about it on Monday on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great It was Sean and the podcast about mankind. The Soulforge podcast was a dream given form. Its goal? To prevent fear by creating a place where humans and aliens could work out their differences peacefully. It's a pod for all, with topics including love, loss, dating, and so much more. Humans and aliens wrapped in the ESO network all alone in the night. It can be a dangerous place, but it's our last best hope for peace. The year is 2020. The name of the place, Soulforge Podcast. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.